Welcome to the AvGeeks Assemble podcast. And welcome to episode 5 of season 3 of the AvGeeks Assemble podcast. I'm your host Rob, and on behalf of everyone at AvGeeks Assemble, we hope you had a happy Christmas and a wonderful New Year. First off, apologies for there being such a large gap between podcasts. Uh, the end of 2023 got really busy for us as a group, um, but rest assured we've been working on some plans to come up with something more consistent over the course of 2024. And we've got some ideas from you guys you've been sharing with us in the group. And there's a bunch of things that we as a group want to do. So uh, stick with us and hopefully it'll be a much more consistent and enjoyable 2024. So we thought we'd start this year with a topic that you guys have been asking about both on the Facebook page and in our DMs. And that is aviation museums. I know we've talked a lot about air shows specifically in the past. So we wanted to talk about the museum element of it and how we treat that photography differently. The museums we like and coming up with ideas and sort of just tips and tricks of what to do at museums just to get the best out of your shots. I'm joined by Ant and Tim. Let's get into it. So guys, it's our first podcast of 2024. Ant, how are you doing? Really good, mate. You? Perfect. Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad at all. And Tim, how are you doing? Absolutely fantastic, mate. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. Um, I mean, I think one of the first things to start off with 2024 is having a brief look ahead towards some of the air shows this year. I mean, I think from my point of view, I think June is going to be the uh, award-winning month for air shows. Uh, sadly, we've lost flying legends, but it looks like Cywell have decided to uh, take all of their acts and put on their own air show. I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be my main show. And so, you know, well, both of you guys, what do you reckon is going to be uh, the highlight for you? Yes, um, Cywell. Hmm. Where, who saw that coming? Yeah. <laughs> it was a bolt from the blue, wasn't it? It's it was just like, just like uh, we, we had like one week of, oh, Legends has said they're not doing a show this year. Uh, and then brilliant. from way downtown, here comes. Uh, <laughs> and then so we're all like, well, if you're not going to do it, uh, we'll pick up the reins, we'll, we'll organise the show, we'll get the comms right, um, we'll smash out an amazing amount of announcements in the space of, what, less than a month? Mm-hmm. I think the, the first announcement was something like the 20th of December and we're now at the point of recording not even on the 20th of January and we've got like 30 warbirds announced or something like that, some yeah. crazy number like that. It's, it's just it? absolutely, like I've never seen the community as excited about a warbird air show as they are mm. for this one. Like it's just literally people popping off about it everywhere. Like people like, Put up stories when they've bought the tickets. People are like, oh, Sywell's going to be this. Oh, look what they've announced today. I mean, even today while we were at Duxford, there's been two announcements coming mm. out. Um, like everyone's like, yeah, got tickets, got tickets, got tickets while they're at the early bird price. It's just like really cool to see everyone mm. excited about a warbird show. It's just it's nice really to see that. It's nice to see to everybody getting juicy about it as well. Like everybody's yeah. like, you know, we're what four, six months away from June, and everybody's like already sort of packing their bags and eager to get in the car to go. That's brilliant. I mean, it, li- it literally came completely from the blue as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I mean, yeah. it's great. I mean, obviously, Cywell's a, 
sort of a lovely little airfield, a little, little sort of old old school airfield, and the the Grace family have always done a lot for um, warbirds, and I I think it's it just has so much potential, and I think that the excitement around it. I mean, I've seen more excitement around this than I've seen for uh, air shows for a long, long while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's com- comparable to some of the, some of the bigger air shows in the country, like especially like the hype from for last year. Um, it's 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 brilliant. And another another show to mention that's like pulling out all the stops as well is uh, Midlands Airfest as well this year. Yes, yeah. Who are absolutely flying with announcements as well. Forgive the pun; it may uh, have been intended. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, someone at Midlands Airfest will must be sleeping with someone at the CAA, <laughs> mustn't they? I mean, some of the stuff that they've got flying through this year. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, everyone was like, there was there was a big sort of gas or intake of breath when the Draken was announced last year, and unfortunately, the, the the resulting display wasn't wasn't the best because of fuel a fuel a low fuel situation, which was nobody's fault really. But um, hopefully, they can right those wrongs this year. Um, but not only that, they've they've got the Vampire back for the third year, the Draken back for a second year. They've announced the Saber as well. I, th- I saw a comment on one of their posts the other day saying, "Oh, like Midlands Air Fest is turning into like the classic jet show of the UK." Uh, and then they actually replied to that and said, "Well, if you like classic jets, you should like keep you keep tuned in for future announcements." Which to me says that they've got more more up their sleeve, which is just awesome, absolutely awesome. Yeah, it's. I mean, I'm going along this year, and it's my sort of first time going. I mean, I know you've been every year. Um, and you've given a glowing reference about it all the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just looks like these, what you would term as smaller shows are sticking it to the big guys. Yeah, yeah, de- definitely. Definitely are, definitely are, aren't they? Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it, it, but you can, with with the, the way the communications are coming out from these shows, Sywell and Midlands Airfest, like, you can see there's like the passion and like yeah. a real desire to put on uh, 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 like something outstanding from them, uh, and I mean Midlands has been building to building to it for the last three or four years, where they've gone from a show that started with very small sort of beginnings and like mainly backed by the, the hot air balloon community because hot air balloons fe- features heavily in their weekend um, to a show that's now giving Cosford a run for its money as as the as the premier show in the in the Midlands, yeah. I mean, talking about uh, speaking of Cosford, I mean, you know, the as we've talked about the marketing of these these smaller shows, so it's everything about it is on point. The way that they're releasing the marketing and the way they're interacting with people as well. You know, I felt like with Cosford last year, Cosford was very much sort of um, this is what you're getting, and then when people sort of responded to it, they're like, well, tough. That's what you're getting. There was like a real, yeah. a really horrible kind of yeah it was very kind of like Mm. well you know we're putting this on for you you should be happy kind of thing um whereas these guys are just it feels like there's a i mean especially with cywo they just there's feels like there's a shared passion coming back the people are putting it on i think that's it's showing you can tell the shows that are organized by enthusiasts by people who have got a deep rooted passion for aviation and the shows that are potentially not organised by those people uh, and are, are organised by people who have been put in a job to put on a show. Um, there's a difference and it tells. That's that's all I'll say. Yeah, I mean, so it, it does look like, I mean, I mean, 
we've got the Dax coming over in June as well um, for the D-Day um, stuff at Duxford and various other air shows. It's June is just going to be jam packed. I think we're going to we're going to be we're going to be out of out of energy by the time we get to Riyadh, aren't we? Yeah, I mean June could be probably the greatest air show amongst this country's seen in a long time. Yeah. Um, and it's all I'm mostly down to like warbird shows. I mean, you think like right at the start of the month, you've got Midlands Airfest. Then you've got uh, the same weekends. You've got obviously the, the Duxford Summer Show, which has moved to, to D-Day weekend to celebrate the 80th of D-Day. Obviously, like you said, the the uh, uh, D-Day Squadron coming over. Um, so like guys full of Dax, brilliant. Um, then you've got um, a few weeks later, you've got... Uh, Sywell, which like we just said, everyone's like popping off about. And then at right at the end of the month, you've got Shuttleworth with mm. their first two day show, I think it is, um, for their yeah. festival, Festival of Flight, I think it's called. Um, it's the first time they've done a two day show weekend because they normally just do one and, and then just spread them through the year. Um, yeah, it's just looking brilliant. We're really excited for it. We, we completely forget that, you know, in sort of, is it the third week of? June is when Cosford's happening. It's like no one's even talking about it. It's just like, I mean, it looks like they've just taken a pivot towards we're a family air show now. We're not for enthusiasts. Well, and the enthusiasts are just going to be elsewhere. I mean, look look at Sowell's comms for me. Uh, they announced the show was happening. Uh, and then very quickly, it was like announcement, announcement, announcement. Like sometimes two a day, sometimes three a day. And you mm. were like, whoa, what's going on here? This is amazing. And then they had announced a good um dozen maybe two dozen acts and then they put tickets on sale yeah 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 um that's, that's, that's how to generate that's how to generate yeah, yeah, that's, that sale, that is exa- that's Look exactly that's exactly how you're saying well yeah. i want to go and see it we, yeah. well, we're not going to send you the tickets yeah exactly <laughs> uh, you look at Midland, midlands airfest put their tickets on sale straight after the previous show so you could have bought tickets to that like literally june i think third last year whatever it was um but again they were they were very quick out the doors. I mean, uh, they announced the Draken was coming back within about two or three weeks of the end of the last show. Yeah, and basically said unfinished business because even they recognised themselves that the, the display wasn't what they built it up to be, and 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 everyone expected a little bit more. But they were still pleased to see the Draken displaying over over uh, over land in the UK. But yeah, they've they've always like kept their announcements quite fresh and quite sort of uh, frequent. Um, what of Cosford done all Cosford have done since the last show is announced that their tickets have gone on sale just before Christmas. <laughs> They've announced that they're going to sell tickets. And it's like, oh, you, you can get your ticket uh, <laughs> yeah. at the discounted price of last year's price, which is not really a discount. No, uh, before it goes up this year to, to well, I think it's well over 40 quid this year or 40 quid, I, I, I forget. Mm. Uh, which is I've, I, why I personally have chosen not, that I'm not going to Cosford this year unless they come out and announce some ridiculous act that I haven't seen before or something that I'm desperate to see, which is unlikely, then yeah. I'm not doing cost this year. I'm 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 gonna give my um money and my attention to the shows that clearly working hard for my attention. Mm. That's the way I look at it. I feel like Cosmo's going to struggle this year because I believe there's another couple of or well, there's at least one European air show going on that same weekend. I think there's two, mate. I think I think there's the Danish international air show. Uh, which is going to attract a lot of the the big name sort of uh, fast jet displays. Uh, um, there's one in Spain as I well. Think I think there's one in Spain as well. We had the same yeah. weekend, yeah. So 
So I mean, if, most of the most of the, the you know the big teams are probably going to be over there, aren't they? So well, yeah. I mean, you would you would think the likes of like the international display teams like Petrie Swiss, um, the the Frecce, uh Petrie Petrie de France, they're they're all going to probably stay in Europe, aren't they? Mm. Um, they're not going to they're not going to be tempted to come over to Cosford. Um, Frecce going to America this year? Yes, they are. But yes. I don't know. I don't know if that's, that's until July, is it? Yeah, it's not like later. We won't talk it? about July. <laughs> yeah i think i think it's all about june this year to be honest i really do yeah i mean i think june's just gonna knock it out of the park i mean all we can hope for is some good weather i mean the thing is it's that ideal month isn't it where it should in theory be nice settled weather but not scorching hot it should be like it's if you're gonna have perfect air show weather it's june isn't it so i think yeah. it's gonna be um uh, yeah I'm, I'm really excited i really don't want to jinx midlands air fest but the last three years I've been, the weather has just been amazing. I mean, mm. not it was a bit breezy last year, which stopped the hot air balloons, which was a shame because even though I'm not there for hot air balloons, it's a spectacle to see. It's something additional to the show. It's something that gives it a bit of character. Yeah. Um, and on the Friday night, well, every day they do like a mass ascent of balloons, but on the Friday night they do one where they sort of go up on mass as the sun's setting and it's quite it's it, like it's quite photogenic it's something yeah. different to point your lens at sort mm. of thing um unfortunately it wasn't able to happen because of how strong the winds were and i don't think they got many balloons up at all through the whole weekend last year even though it was wall to wall sunshine and quite warm but the wind was just a little bit too strong um so i mean I hope for midlands that they can get the balloons back in the air this year and 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 obviously hope hope that we get the the usual good weather that we get that first weekend in June. I hope we do get good weather in June because, like, I think I'm one of the few people that won't be going to Cyber, won't be going to Midlands. My holiday in June, like, my holiday allocation for June has been taken up with booking tickets for Lesno in Poland. Um, I saw the highlights of that air display last year, and luckily I've got family in Poland, so it was like, how far away is this from where we live? <laughs> and they were like, about an hour or so down the road. It's like, great, let's go. Well, <laughs> uh, guess what we're doing last, in June. <laughs> based on last year, I've sort of like preempted to go to Legno. And it's just like, I'm now sitting here thinking, there better be some good stuff going. <laughs> <laughs> but I think everybody's everybody's adamant that the Herc will be back to do the flare, to do the flare dump at night. We'd probably get the F-16 doing flare dump as well. Um, based on how well received Legion was last year and the praise that they got for the event that they organised, I'm kind of hoping that they might get some more fast jets come through. I think they've had the Red Bull Alpha Jet duo have confirmed. I think, um, yeah, it'll be nice to see. It'll be just just nice to see something a bit different and obviously a different country and a a, a air show at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so definitely. You know. I mean, let, let you know. I mean, well, for the last few years, it's had universal, pretty much universal praise, hasn't it? So exactly. Uh, uh, even if you get a show that's like probably half as good as the last couple of years, you're still going to be. You know what? I'm just going to go there and enjoy it. Yeah, um, that's well. That's all you can do. That's all you should be doing <laughs> at air shows: going and enjoying it. Don't put any pressure on yourself. Like, none, in, put, none in the slightest. Put your point your lens at what you want to point it at. Take the photos you want to take, but make sure you take your camera away from your eye every now and again and enjoy oh, what totally. you've seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, mate. Excellent stuff. Yeah. Looks like it's building up to be a really good year for our shows this year. So let's just hope it lives up to the hype. Um, and then we can all just 
have some wonderful air shows, a wonderful summer, hopefully with some good weather. Um, so moving on to the real meat of this podcast, um, we asked you guys some questions uh, sort of earlier this year, asking you know what you wanted to see in the podcast, if there was anything you wanted to hear more of, anything you wanted to hear less of, and just generally any topics you wanted to hear from us about. So we thought we would um, start off this first one as we have... Uh, all been to Duxford today. We thought we'd um, talk about museums because that was a uh, popular question. Um, you asked sort of like about museums, how to shoot there, and it is a different skill set to shooting planes that are flying at air shows and that. Um, so, I mean, let's have a quick go around the room um, and sort of talk about our favourite museums. So uh, let's start with you, Tim. What are your sort of favourite museums? It's quite easy for me because I've only really been to two. Um, if you discount the sort of like natural history museum when I was six at school, um, going to the Duxford and then the Norwich and Suffolk Aviation Museum down at Flixton, they're pretty much the only two aviation museums I've been to in recent times. I've been to, uh, what's the RAF one? Is it Hendon? Yes. Yep. Yeah, I've been to that. I went there years ago. Um, and the only thing I can remember about Hendon is coming away with a GR3 model kit. That's <laughs> <laughs> like a successful trip. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, like that is literally the, the the highlight of me going to Hendon. Like there was a, a GR3 model kit. Um, but yeah, the so they're the only two museums that recently I've been to. Obviously, Duxford, you're kind of spoiled for choice. There's so much to do there, so much to see. Um, Whereas the Norfolk and Suffolk, you know, it's it's run by volunteers. It's literally volunteer-based organisation. Um, but what they've got there and how they've set it out actually lends itself really well to photography. But the 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 people there are just so willing to talk to you and tell you about the planes, tell you about the history of the stuff and everything. You know, it's it's so worth a worth a visit and in fact i'm going back on thursday with a few others um having a javelin a super saber phantom that pakara like mm. the I, I, the pakara i took a great deal of interest look at today at duxford and all right they're restoring it and everything but it's in bits you know it's got yes. no wings it's got stubs and you know there's bits missing all over it. that pakara uh the Norwich and Suffolk literally looks like they took it off Stanley Airfield, chucked it on a cargo ship, brought it back and said, there you go, have that. Mm. You know, um, it's intact. It's got a bit of a wonky prop um, here and there where it was damaged, but it's intact. And it's been placed so nicely that you can get a, a full frame of the full airframe. You know, there's there's nothing intruding into it. You haven't got, like, crates of tat in the background or to the left of it or something you know i was i mean you know we were we were all at ducks for today you know that buccaneer now the typhoon's gone that buccaneer is just screaming to come out of the corner yeah <laughs> it's just like please bring it out of the corner <laughs> yeah i think that's what that's one of the challenges isn't it of um shooting in a museum is that um, things are cramped naturally, yes. uh, especially yeah. when you're shooting subjects such as uh, aircraft in a museum. They are literally piled on top of each other because the collections that you go and see, what like especially places like Duxford and 
um, Cosford, Hendon, what the bigger the bigger museums, even even the smaller ones to a, to an extent because they've not got the same amount of space. Um, they're, they're literally piling stuff on top of each other just to just to squeeze it all in. Yeah, I mean, yeah, um, so, so it makes it a challenge. Got, uh, uh, a hangar. They've got you know a hangar and enclosure. Um, and they've got you know inside exhibits, and inside there they've got Sharky Ward's um, surviving Harrier from Falklands conflict, right next to um, a full-on whole whole Lightning. You know, and it's like if, yeah. if you could just separate them a little bit, that would mm. be perfect. But obviously they can't do that, you know. But yeah, there's so much stuff there. But it, they've got like obscure stuff as well, you know, um, like the the Victor. At, yeah, the Victor at um, Duxford. I mean, that's that's beautiful to look at, and you kind of go. Oh. And yeah. I was walking around it today, and I noticed the 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 wing fuel pod. Yep, the you know, refueling pro. Yeah, I noticed that, and I was that kind of got my interest because I know at Norfolk and Suffolk they've got one as well, but they've taken some covers off of it, and it's actually sort of like part of an exhibit for what they're what they've got. They've opened the the pod up, and you can see all the workings of it. And you kind of go, "Oh my god, look! It, it's it's rudimentary and basic." But how many of those pods were on, you know, Victor's tristar? No, not tristars, but uh, VC tens. They had them. Yep. yep. You know, the one, the one outside at Cosford's got them on still. You can walk up to it and you sort of think, "How many planes have, a look have at had it. those refueling pods on it?" And when you look inside, it's so rudimentary. You go. Ah, <laughs> that's <Yeah>. it. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, for me, I, I mean, I love Norfolk and Suffolk. I mean, I've only been there once, but I was just there, just just glued to the place for like four or five hours. And sometimes the smaller museums, I mean, obviously, you Duxford and Cosford are always going to get um, the plaudits because what they, they do a lot and what they do, they do well. But you go to these smaller museums, like you take, for example, that one, um, the City of Norwich Aviation Museum at the airport, um, South Wales Aviation Museum, Cornwall Aviation Heritage Centre when it was around Newark, all these smaller museums that are all mostly run by volunteers. There's, I mean, you can tell they don't have the financial backing that a Duxford or a Cosford does, no. you know, and a lot of the repairs are done themselves or the paintings are done themselves, but you can tell in the way the people are there and the way that the planes are displayed that they have genuine passion for it and a genuine oh, love for the aircraft that they're looking after and it's it's such a nice refreshing place a place to be you know it's nice to just trot around and talk to volunteers because some of these volunteers a lot of them have i mean i've experienced have either come out the forces in one way or another and i mean when we went to the cornwall aviation heritage center before that went the all the volunteers there had passed through um RAF Witten, which is local to me. Oh wow. So just being able to talk to these people and just like learn their history in the forces and that it's like it's just it's just amazing. And you don't I mean you do get that at sort of the larger museums, but it's not the same. In because it you know it's it's not as personal, is it? Yeah. It feels like, you know, when you go to Duxford, for example, you feel like you're putting the money in the hands of IWM, a, a large yes. sort of global uh, or sort of national museum ownership yep 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 you walk up to um flixton and you just you, you hand them hand over your entry fee whatever it is 10 15 quid or whatever i don't think it is that i think it's less than that isn't it but you can almost in your mind envisage 
someone taking that money of you, rolling around, going on eBay and buying a part for one of the planes they need. Yeah. And it's that kind of yeah. sort of personal uh, touch that you get that, and they're never busy, are they? They're always, it might be you and a couple of other people have randomly sort of just appeared and thought, oh, I didn't know there was a museum here. Mm. But it's like, it's just, they're just so nice just to walk around and just, um, I mean, I think some sometimes they're the best ones for photography because they are often packed. They're not, they're not, not crammed packed. full of exhibits just exactly, for exhibits' yeah. sake. Yeah, and I think that's one of my biggest criticisms of Duxford is Duxford, since IWM took it over, has become quite a... Um, Corporate. Not so much that. It's become more of a storage area for everywhere else. Oh, I see. So, yeah, so, yeah, there's yeah. A, so there's a lot of stuff there. I mean, saying saying that Norfolk and Suffolk have got one of Duxford's planes. The, yeah. That Sea Harry, the, the yeah. Sharky Ward Sea Harry, is Duxford's, yeah. and at some point it will be changed over for the dangling Jaguar. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean that that'll be that'll be quite the day when that happens. You know, a Jaguar trundling down the A14. Hello, we're here to pick up. A, we're here to pick up a Sea Harrier, right, yo? Well, I mean, it, it's interesting because it's like that when I was there, they, they were sort of saying, "Look, you know, our mission goal is to, as well as some of the exotic stuff that they've got, is to have planes there that are based or were based at bases in Norfolk and Suffolk." Yeah, and it's uh, that's uh, that's just such a nice mentality for it, and it's like I mean, it's just take Newark for example. They were working for four years of IWM transfer the. Um, typhoon out to newark and yeah had gone through all the processes got through covid and they're like right we're about to load it on the lorry and everybody was working really hard and the mod then decided no no we're calling rank we want it back at Cosford, which for me doesn't even make any sense but you know it's the mod's plane they can do what they like with it is that where um, it's gone it's gone to Cosford yeah to be one of the training aides i believe so it's not even going in the museum um but i mean the guys at Newark from sort of what I've seen, they were devastated because they'd put all this time and effort into bringing it in. And now they've got to start from scratch to think, yeah. right, what are we, what are we going to get to exhibit? Yeah. And it's like, the, I mean, little museums like that are great, you know, and I think they really do need people's support. And it's, I mean, if there are people here looking for ideas for museums to go to, yeah, the great, the, the big ones are great. So you, you, you know, the Yorkshire Museum, Hendon, Cosford, Dutchford, they're all great. They're perfectly good museums, and they have really wonderful stuff there. But the little museums, like if you if you're even when you're driving along, you'll be driving along somewhere, and there'll be this like airfield museum, like yeah. one in one in uh, Bottisham. There's a little airfield museum, and they've got like a there's nothing else there really, but it's like it's a, a small museum with like all of um bits of history from that airfield, and it's stuff like that that is just um. Sometimes he's missed a little bit with the bigger museums. I mean, Duxford is slightly different because Duxford was an active, a very active RAF base in, in World War Two, and it's been kept that way deliberately. So there is a, that is kind of a living history, I guess, when you're at Duxford. Um, but some of the stuff, like like you said with Flixton, some of the stuff that's in their displays, it's just it seems like random stuff. But then when you look at it, you think actually that's really obvious as to why that's here. And I yeah. think it, yeah, it's just I. Little little museums like that are just fantastic. But the, the you know places like that rely on donations from people who literally just drive past and go, "What's that? I oh, know, let's pull in." You know, that's their bread and butter, mm. and supporting them. I mean, look at uh, as well. Look at um, Bentwaters. Mm. You know, tiny little tiny little museums got about six or seven 
exhibits. Obviously, they've got the A10 there. They've got the GR3. Um, I think they've got a, is it a Saber? Or, oh no, the uh, Thunderstreak, haven't they? Yes, like, I've, I've um, got them in there actually. Oh, my well, uh, you need to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's not it's not open to the public like all day every day. They only open at certain points, but um, you know, again, it's just this little tiny little museum which just relies on sort of not handouts, but it relies on the donations of the public when they go. They do do some events during the year and everything. And, and it, it just amazes me how they manage to keep going at times. So Yeah, a Bentwaters is somewhere I'd really like to get to. Um, but as you say, yeah, it, is only, it always seems to be open on times that I can't get to, so it's a bit of a frustration. Um, but, yeah, and tell us about some of yours. I mean, I guess you've been to Cosford as many times as you've been to Duxford, given the fact that it's very it's relatively oh, local to you, isn't it? Yeah, Cosford, I'll cut my teeth on Cosford. Every, t- every time you go to the air show there, it's obviously open as part of the air show. So... Yeah, I've been many times outside of air shows, which is a good time to go because it's much quieter, much more chance for uh, getting some photos of things without a thousand heads in the way. Mm. Um, yeah, Midland, the the Midland Air Museum as well at Coventry. That's always a good one to go and see. A lot of their exhibits are outside. Uh, they've got a, a, a small, a couple of small hangars with uh, stuff inside, but it's always a good one to go to. Um, but yeah, I mean, I need to get better at going to museums and, and and going to get to a few more i'm hoping well i'm definitely going to be able to do that next month because i'm going to the uh the threshold night shoot at south wales aviation museum yeah. and i've not been before uh owing to the fact it's about a two and a half hour drive <laughs> but as i've got a night shoot to go to i'm going to kill two birds with one stone and spend a good chunk of the afternoon going around the collection there and uh yeah then enjoy the, the night shoot afterwards but yeah costard for me was sort of bread and butter for um museums and, and going to v- visit museums and whatnot but yeah ducks are increasingly in the last couple of years um but yeah to, to try, like, I, I agree with the points that have been made so far is you need to try and support your smaller ones and that's something that i'm going to try and do this year and get out to a few new smaller venues and see what they've got to offer and try and enjoy some of the exhibits and maybe get a couple of photos as well yeah, I mean, SWAM is a good start because, I mean, I think that's a great museum. I mean, they've got some really, again, it comes back to like they just have really random exhibits. I mean, they've got um, they've got two Tonkas there. One of them is uh, in the Raspberry Ripple. Yep. Um, the other one is... Well, the a, down uh, livery. That's it, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the other one is a GR4. Um, it's the one with that, you know, the really beautiful um, RAF 100 sticker? That, ah. you know, that wonderful tailpiece that they put on it um they've got that one um, yeah and they've got a phantom there um they've got a sea king there's loads of, loads of stuff in there and um, they're they're quite um open to letting you sit in cockpits and stuff there as well which is this good it's they're uh, like you know like we say it's run by mostly volunteers and they're all really um chatty really happy to talk to and you know all their planes are going through constant conservation and that um they've they've got a uh, shack that they were working on was when I was there. That's out the back, um, but yeah, this it's it's a great little museum. I think I think if you if you get the time to be able to walk around it before the night shoot, I think yeah, you'll you'll enjoy it. It's lots of um, little niche. Yes, bits that's what I'm hoping. I mean, a, a lot of the ones you've just mentioned are actually participating in the night shoot, so they'll probably be wheeled out and put in front of hangar doors and whatnot, so that they look uh, photogenic, as it were. Um, I know for a fact the Phantom and the Raspberry Ripple uh, Tonka are both going to be out there um, 
as per the the, the info on uh, Threshold's website. But yeah, looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing a new a new museum, getting some shots inside the museum, some unusual angles and whatnot, and then obviously uh, enjoying the the night shoot as well and getting some some shots under the floodlights at uh, this wonderfully darker time of the year. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, museum wise for me, I mean. You know, as we've alluded to, Duxford is pretty much it's my local one. Um, it's only sort of twenty five minutes from my house, so having a membership, I'll if I've got a free weekend or a free day where I need to kill, I end up there. I mean, I'm always happy to support smaller museums. It's, I mean, I love, I'm always more than happy to pay the entrance fee and give a decent donation as well because it's like it, it is very much you sort of you are actively engaging in supporting something it's not like as i say where you go to one of the other museums where they've got to pay their full-time staff and everything first before it goes to the planes it's like it goes almost straight out of the cash register into a, a new cockpit glass section for a phantom or a yeah a, a repaint on a bluster gladiator or whatever and it stuff like that and i mean for me i i find what i like about museums i mean it's it's easy when you're an aviation photographer to focus on planes flying and just to go to the air shows. And of course that's great. You know, we all do that. We all love it. And, but I find that photographing at a museum on just a normal museum day is a completely different type of photography than the actual air show photography. I mean, yeah, I'll totally agree with that. I really like, all right company banter etc but i really enjoyed today just having the time to appreciate what i was looking at um you know there was no agenda to it you know i didn't have to sort of like rush around the static so i could get ready for the flying or this that or anything else i could just enjoy the day at my pace and just and i did and i like a really nice day um i i agree I, I I totally agree. It's it's having. I think we said this like before we pressed the record button, but um, it's it's good to go to museums, especially ones that are attached to airfields that host uh, shows or flying weekends or whatever. Um, it's good to go to them um, on non-air show days or non-flying days, just to get not just because it's quieter, but just, just because things change all the time. Like you yeah. get, you get so many different, I mean, every time I go to Duxford, there's a different angle. There's a different plane in a different position because they're, they're rotated in and out of those hangars so often. Mm. Um, yeah. Let's so at Cosford because it's more of a permanent exhibit exhibit there. Although last year they did move things around a little bit and it was, uh, it was nice to see a bit of a change there. Um and probably that would probably go for the smaller shows as well at smaller museums, sorry, as well. Um, that it, they, they've got less space, so they don't move stuff around as often. Um, but it's about going and trying to find a new angle on things. I think, I think I, I walked up to the American Air Museum today with, with you guys, and we were having a laugh and a joke. And it, in my mind, I was saying to myself, You don't need a shot of the SR 71 today. Mm. Um, but I've probably come away with a shot that. I'm actually really happy with because it's completely different to anything I've ever taken before um, of that particular plane. And yeah, I was surprised myself because I tried something different and it came out. Uh, and that's what it's about. Like from a photography point of view is, is finding those little interesting compositions and angles and mm. sort of storytelling sort of images that you can find 
uh, walking around these museums. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed we, it. We, we obviously we had that sort of semi sort of chat in our little group during the week, didn't we? Sort of like saying, you know, get to a like you go to an airbase week in, week out, or like once or twice a month. You just end up taking the same repetitive picture every time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Of the you know the same plane, same style plane, whatever it is. And that's fine. Every now and again, like for me personally, I look at my own like Instagram feed or I look at my Lightroom catalog or whatever you want to call it, and I go, boring. You know, yeah. if I if 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 I'm not inspired or if I'm not enthused by what I've got sitting there ready to post, why is anybody else gonna be? So that's what makes me sort of go, right, I need to get my arse in gear. I need to go to a different base or I need to go to a museum i need to get some different content i need to shake it up a little bit not only for the gram or anything but from a photography point of view like the shots i was taking today we were taking today are kind of you know dynamic or you know you're 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 considering the framing you're considering oh i can i can shoot this between the gap in the wall you know or i can rather than being up on the on the the top gantry i can sort of like be at this level on the stairs and get a better angle on you know it makes you think a lot more about your shot uh, a plane coming into land is is just going to come past you blah 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 and it's going to be a, a plane coming into land mm. fine great brilliant but there's no there's no story behind it so to speak yeah do you know what i mean it forces you to be creative and to work yeah. on problems doesn't it it's like so you know if you've got a an f-15 coming towards you banking in clear blue sky You've made that picture, right? It's technically a good picture, but it doesn't, it's not necessarily creative. Is and it, it's a know? picture that a thousand and one people are all taking. Yeah. yeah. And it's, right. whereas when you're at a museum, you've got planes that are static and are sat there and you've got to go, right, how do I make this interesting? You know, what what can I do to, how can I make this image appeal? And I mean, I've I've been ducks for so many times now that I'm running out of ideas. But every time I go, I can still get a bunch of different shots because I have to look at it in a different way. And you sort of, it's you've got to find the angle which is of interest because a plane sat in a museum in itself isn't all that interesting to photograph. But, but it's like you... we've, we've said before as well as like you can go you can go to Duxford week in week out once a month twice a month or something like that but the light is never going to be the same no you know and they've shuffled the planes about so even you know even the the hangar where all the spits and stuff and the bearcat and the corsair and stuff where they are they're all shuffled about so they're not in the same position you know so you've got different light different planes in different positions in different hangars you know the the combinations of shots are almost infinite you know, it's just kind of totally agree. Totally agree, and that's that's the beauty of going to a museum. It, I I always find it challenging for the first hour or two when I'm in a museum. I find it overwhelming. Then, I go, yeah, it, it can be. It very much can be. Like you just like you walk in and you go, oh, right, okay. Um, what do I need to do? Right, I need. I need a, a wider aperture because it's dull in here. I need I need a slower shutter speed. I need probably to use my tripod. Uh, I need probably a higher ISO that I'm used than I'm used to using, unless I'm going for a really long exposure. I mean, um, I didn't I didn't go over 
one fiftieth of a second today. Yeah, no, I think I, I was up at around one one twenty fifth. Probably, I don't think I went past one two hundred. But that was when I was shooting handheld. Once I got the yeah. tri- was the tripod out a bit later, I was I was down at one sixtieth. Or no, I mean like some even longer. I mean, I think the longest exposure I did say was about one and a half seconds. Yeah, but that was just. Well, I mean, when we were of... on the when we were on the top gantry with the with the spits, I was doing sort of like two and a half, three second exposures. Yeah, just <laughs> blow the people. The people yeah. moving. Come on, people move. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't mind keep, the fact keep that moving. Move. Stop stopping. <laughs> just walk past. Yeah, I mean, and that's another one of the challenges, you know, because at a bigger museum there are going to be other people there, and it's like I can either have this picture whereby I've got this person who is. And it's other things that are in the way, you know, like, um, as I say, Duckford's a working museum, you know, planes being worked on all the time. So you've got like ladders and you've got all sorts of mm. odds and sods in the way. It's like, you know, you could take a picture where you've got a ladder in front of your plane. Like, for example, there's a, a lifting uh, device that was in front of the P-47 today. So now I could take a picture of the P-47 with that lifting device in front of it. Doesn't look that great, does it? However, if you step around and you t- use that, lifting device as a frame yeah. and you take a picture of the canopy of the P47 and the prop through that then you've got a really pleasing photo and it's having what it forces you to because the big risk when, you, when you're shooting an airplane in an air show is you pick your spot you stay there and you just move your arms from left to right right to left whatever direction the plane's going you don't necessarily have to think to yourself what if I move over here by five meters or what if i get down lower on the floor what angle is that going to do and it's it's it forces you to think differently act differently i think it's it's a great skill as a photographer to have to be because you have to analyze yourself you have to sort of push your own boundaries because you know a lot of the time you'll be like well i i, I take airplanes that are static and they're like that and it's like yeah but there's not always like people in front of it or whatever you have to just think differently and the joy of a museum is quite often you have that time to do it like we said you know like you said earlier we don't want to when you go to an air show you have to rush around a museum you don't have that that time but sort of like today where there wasn't many people around you get that time to sort of go right how do i want to approach this photo and it's a rewarding process um we've mentioned sort of tripods that we all use our tripods today how does your how does your kit differ from an air show day to a museum day because I know a lot of our listeners, they're going to have like their stuff set up for air shows or bases. But I mean, I think we were all our gear that we normally use out on the for air shows and the bases. It was totally different to what we were using today, apart from maybe the bodies. You know, it might be the same bodies, but everything else was different. For me, the the only real change was the lens. Uh, I went from the one hundred to five hundred to the eighty to one fifty, which was kind of a kit lens that came with the camera. Um, but I've found in museum environments, um, it work, it works absolutely fine for my level of photography for the shots that I'm kind of looking for, you know, I'm not, I'm nowhere near other people's skill level and everything else, but for what I like to edit for the shots that I like to get that little kit lens, so to speak, works absolutely fine for me. Um, and you know, like I said, I barely went over one fiftieth of a second today. ISO was having a bit of a shit fit at one point. Um, I don't know why, but 
looking at the pictures, it's just it's just going to be a bit of a case of post edit or just don't use the picture. But it's it's not the end of the world because, like we like we said, had a good day. It was a good crack. It was it was nice to get back to Duxford. It wasn't exactly heaving today. You know, I don't think we really felt um, not pressured, but there weren't hundreds of people crawling around, were there? No, you know, no, it was it was it was um, steady, but not busy. I guess yeah. would be the way. Yeah, yeah. no, I'd, I'd agree um, with that. But I, I mean, to to follow on from what you were saying there, Tim, like definitely, like a shorter lens is is the obvious the obvious choice. I mean, I uh, on the R seven, I've only got the twenty four to one hundred five, which is a kit lens from the the previous camera, but it's really good. It's not the L series lens, but it's like it's a sharp lens for for a kit lens and um that's what i rock most days when going into museums um it but i'm using it on a crop sensor so i have to be mindful of that so your 24 mil becomes pretty much almost 40 mil um and your 105 becomes like one 165 170 mil by the time you've multiplied by the crop factor so it's a challenge and and what one of the techniques i sort of employ um to create shots with with probably not the widest angle lens is i i create like pan, panoramas so I'll, i will shoot multiple shots in like a sequence across the airframe that i'm trying to get in the frame and then i will use the uh the, the panorama stitch tool in lightroom to to bring all those together to create create a single image so that's mm. um that's definitely something that's that you can utilize if you haven't got a wide wide angle like an 18 mil or a 14 mil or something like that um but yeah no i i think other than the tripod and a, a wider lens um i mean some people might go down filter routes not it's not for me i don't like putting more glass in front of no. the glass i've already got on i think i can get around most situations in a museum with the settings um i mean if there's not enough light bump up the iso widen your aperture um shorten your shutter speed if you need to shorten it even more then or lengthen it even sorry that's what your tripod's for chuck it chuck mm -hmm. it on there get yourself a long exposure going get all that light in that you need and if you're going to use a tripod turn your stabilizer off yes yes indeed i remember to do that today <laughs> <laughs> some days i don't remember and then i get home and go what is this mess <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean for me i mean i tend to treat my museum photography i my setup when i'm at museums is a lot more akin to my landscape setup so um i tend to go with um my 24 to 120 f4 um because it's a nice sharp lens lets in a lot of light um i also have got a 11 to 20 um wide angle lens which was i managed to forget today which is frustrating so i uh, sort of got out an 18 to 200 um but it's yeah, I mean, I I also use a shutter release as well because just because I'm so used to using longer exposures. I mean, like I said today, I think I was at when we was walking around the Spitfire exhibition, I was at sort of two seconds, um, mainly to sort of basically try and turn people into a blur. This and this again, this comes back to the creative element of it, trying to deal with people. I mean, people stood there in a picture aren't it's just boring and it's an inconvenience. Whereas people walking and turning into a blur just adds a certain sort of something and you can use to fill gaps yeah. between between exhibits 
by just timing it and waiting for someone to walk and then pressing the button and then they just create a blur that fills that gap and balances it out. It, it, and, uh, it, yeah, it, did, it did get quite comical. Like we were up on the upper gantry and I think we'd all sort of like said, you know, so long as they keep moving, it's absolutely fine. Brilliant. Yeah. You know, it, it adds that sort of nice sort of like ghosty, wispy sort of aspect, um, effect to the, the shot. Brilliant. There's <laughs> like two or three groups of people in that Spitfire exhibit today that were just yeah, just stood glued there. to the floor. <laughs> and some of the, and the, but there was like just as many groups walking, and you're like, now either you all walk, <laughs> just, yeah, all or walk, we just stand, stand here still. and wait. And I'm I'm happy to do both. You know, you've travelled the you know you've travelled the journey to get there. You've paid your money to go in. You're just as yeah, just as much right to walk around or stand around that exhibit as much as you want. <laughs> I, just, I turned around to and at one point I was like, like herding cats. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> impossible. Never a truer word was said. <laughs> you know, it's just like you think they're all moving, so you press the shut. You know, you press the shut, and there's a little countdown, and then they stop, and it's just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the amount of times today where I had my ten second like timer on before pre- like the, from pressing the shutter button just to just to let the camera settle, and like, I was thinking like if I press it now they'll be out of shot by the time, and yeah they just stop and they go oh and then walk back <laughs> like, into yeah. into your frame and you're like what are you doing? <laughs> Please keep walking. <laughs> yeah, you you want to be standing on the gantry with a with a megaphone, just going, "You're in the red. Keep walking. Just keep walking." And they're the volunteers. They're the shot. Just keep walking. Everybody, just keep walking. Thank you very much. If you can walk in a clockwise motion, that'd yeah. be better. It's like <laughs> yeah. it's like them uh, like them nineties like sort of uh, sketch shows, isn't it? Where I just want to get on the tannoy in a supermarket. <laughs> Okay, yeah. then the woman in aisle six with the uh, skirt and the black jacket. Please keep walking. Keep walking. Keep walking. Don't, don't stop and look at the mail. Keep walking. <laughs> One of the things I've seen people do, I think, that, like last year, the it was the hurricane exhibition last year, wasn't it? Um, I think it was Ollie Curtis. He took like about ten or fifteen images of people walking around. The and his camera locked off upstairs and was just looking down, and then went to the effort and composited it all together afterwards yeah so he had um sort of like maybe it was the same group walking around multiple times or that but he created this image of just like a really nice kind of busy looking hanger yeah and and that's one of the one of the things he's trying to use multiple exposures and trying to blend them together to get the image you want especially if you've got something like that where it is going to benefit from people being in it and moving around i mean i did one uh last year i mean with all struggled to get a picture of that sr71 just because it's just a pain in the ass to shoot and it's trying to get a nice shot of it without getting the walkway in is always really really difficult um what i did last year is i thought right i'm going to set myself up here and i've got a couple of group couple of pictures of the sr71 and then a couple of groups of people moving around the uh museum and then I think I I think I did five shots and composited them all together. So it looked like there were people milling around and it just gave the the standard shot that we've seen so many times, just a little bit more life. And it was because it was it went from being, oh, this is a picture of an aeroplane. It was a picture showing uh, a live museum of people visiting, people enjoying themselves. And it's trying to find those sort of angles and views that are just interesting and give give that image something for someone to look at the image and think about it, you know? Yep. And I think that's the, the key is trying to 
take a museum shot and make it interesting. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I, and and Ollie Curtis, I think, I think we we, I think most people last year during the hurricane exhibition, um, had probably tried to um, had, had tried like a long exposure of some description and maybe got. Um, the odd group of people like blurred as they went past, but Ollie, Ollie took it to that next level and thought, "Hang on, I've got enough shots here to make it look like there's hundreds of people walking past this plane. Well, not hundreds, but like a lot more than was walking past this plane during one exposure." Mm. Uh, and it, it really did have that wow sort of effect when you saw the, the resulting image. But yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think I, I took a few shots um, at certain angles of uh, the. Uh, the PR11 Spitfire today at uh, one of the angles. And I, I just just kept pressing the shutter button. My, my camera was locked off on the tripod, so it's the same composition. Press the shutter button, wait for the 10-second time, and let the camera settle, take the shot. I think I did four or five, and I had groups of people walking in, like at, below the plane, above the plane, as, as I was looking at it in the frame. Mm. So, yeah, I, I might be able to try something similar. And, yeah, I will mention him in the caption and say, thanks, Ollie, for the idea last year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, interestingly, I was thinking the same thing when I when I was taking pictures of it from the stairs. Um, I've got people milling around. I've got you and Ben in it um, and some other people. Be to please. I might, yeah, I might, <laughs> I might save some of those images because some, the, some of them, the plane's not sharp enough for yeah. my liking, but that doesn't mean that the blurred people around it have to be lost. I can bring them back in. Yeah. Yeah, and just, and it, you know, it's just a yeah. I think it's it's all about thinking differently. And if you are going to go to a museum, um, just try and do something artistic, even if it doesn't work. You know, it's always. I mean, I try to take different angles, especially at Duxford, because as I say, I've been there so many times now. It's it's hard when you've been there that many times, but there is always an angle, whether it's a shot along the fuselage over the tail or whether it's a shot along the wing or whether you're got part of one plane from one angle and you zoom, you follow that angle down into another plane. There's always ways if you just move your eyes or get lower or raise your camera that you can always find slightly different viewpoints that can make what seems to be a, just a boring moment seem really interesting. Mm. Yeah, no, I totally, mm-hmm. t- totally agree. Totally agree. With that in mind, I think, you know, I think we've probably talked museums to death. Um, and I think, you know, we can wrap up on that point. So, um, guys, where can we find you on the gram and social media? And we'll go with you first. Yes. Uh, Instagram is Anthony underscore Fogarty underscore aviation. Uh, it's just my name or that same tag on Facebook. And, um, yeah, I, I sort of fell out of love a little bit with YouTube last year, but I do post occasional videos. So it's just uh, Anthony, the same uh, Anthony Fogarty on YouTube as well. Cool. And Tim, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram as R2B Photos. And you can find me at RS7 Aviation on Instagram. And, of course, don't forget, we've got the main group, which is at Avgeeks Assemble. And you may not have noticed, but the podcast now has its own Instagram page, uh, creatively named the Av Geeks Assemble podcast. We also have the Facebook, um, so please come along and join if you're not a member already. We're constantly doing different things in there. Um, we've got a, currently we've got a daily challenge running along at the moment, which is something we're all keen to get involved with, and hopefully you guys can as well. And we have a load of other plans for things to do for the rest of the year. 
We're trying to make it a cool place to hang out where you can come and share your work, um, ask for critiques, get tips and tricks and all that sort of stuff. So please do head on over, join up and share it with your friends. So I hope you enjoyed the podcast and was able to take something from it. We tried to share as many tips as we could about how we shoot in museums. So hopefully there's something in there that can help you. Remember, there are museums all over the country, whether they're the big ones like Duxford or the smaller, more regional ones. Now, we love the big museums, but we really, really love the small museums. They're packed to the rafters of stuff, and some of it is the most random stuff you will ever find, and quite often they make great places for photography. Most of them are run by volunteers, so they rely on our visits and our donations to keep them running. So if you're on the road this year and you see a sign for a local aircraft museum, pop in. It might be the best decision you've ever made. So on that note, it's time for us to sign off. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and we'll see you at the fence, or at a museum. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Ab Geeks Assemble podcast. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Ab Geeks Assemble.